welcome to another episode of Half Hour with Astro Theater Company. I am joined today by a force of nature, uh, Kansas City creative and um, beautiful and brilliant mom as well. Um, the one, the only, Heidi Van. How's it going, Heidi? It, it's going. <laughs> it's, it's going. Yes. It's Christmas 2020 quarantine style. Well, so. hopefully we can put a big bow on this year and just wrap it up and give it like a big Viking funeral soon. That's what I'm hoping. Oh my, I would love that. I'm there. I'm there for the Viking funeral. Um, Heidi, what have you been up to the past couple of weeks? What is your holiday and yeah, oh all looking like? Well, the past couple of weeks, we were putting together the 12 plays of Christmas, the fish tank annual holiday show that I took a year off of doing, or maybe two, it took two years off of doing. Um, but we, I wanted to do it. I wanted to present something during this time. So uh, we were recording, we were doing video editing, and now I'm just kind of like promoting and trying to sell tickets. There's one of my cats. Hey cat, what's um, a cat's name? So that's what, that's what we've been doing. Well, I have two cats, funny story, and they're both black. And I, one's larger and one's thinner. And their name, they, there's Sylvia and Threat Level Midnight, and I can't tell who is who. The girls say <laughs> they can tell, but like, but I can't tell, like, because they were they just grew. I think it's great too because I'm like, well, that one's Threat Level Midnight, and they're like, no, that's Sylvia, and I'm like, okay, then I clearly don't know what's going on. But <laughs> as long so, as they're both fed, that's what matters. I give up, but I, I, I know I say kitties or I say ladies. Yeah. Oh, I like ladies. <laughs> I call everyone now. ladies nowadays. Lady? I'm like, okay, ladies, yes. listen up. Ladies. <laughs> um, like okay. it. I like right? it. I mean, so, if everyone can say like, hey so anyways, guys, or hey yeah. dude, why can't we be like, hey ladies, hey girls, what's right. up? Right. You know? Hey ladies. Yeah, I yeah. like it. It gives me like um, a 90s hip hop so vibe. It's very fun. <laughs> right? Like Beastie Boys, it reminds me of, hey ladies, get funky. And then there's a cowbell that goes, Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. Heidi, our first yeah. little segment that we like to call um, You Were Born and Then What Happened. So where were you born? Where'd you go to uh -huh. school? And when did you sort of like know that, you know, performing and creativity was like sort of your calling? Um, I was born in KCK where I was raised and went to grade school and high school. And um so when I was younger, my mom was involved with the junior league and she built sets for these shows that these moms would put on for children in KCK. And so I grew up kind of just like sitting on stage while she was building things or like, and she'd direct the show. And so then when the shows were going on, like the kids, we, it's like, you're a bunny. And we just like sit there in the... <laughs> And so like, I was around it, like as, as watching someone make it. And I thought yeah. that that was really, that's always just been a part. And my mom is really creative, um, makes things, sews things, what, you know, whatever. We were always making huge messes at my house. Um, but I never really got into performing. I did ballet 
which, and, and, and then I was an athlete. So like, I had to stop, look at her. I know this is like going to be the most distracting thing. So it's, she can walk now. So she's like, she wants to play the piano. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> so yeah. Hi, Esme. It's dinner and a show. So it is, <laughs> it is. It took me a long way to get to be a performer um, because I was an athlete. And then I went to college to play volleyball. And then I got back into theater when I studied a semester in London and I interned at a theater and I like was just a production assistant and I painted the floor and took the trash out and did all the, you know, jobs that my interns when I have them complain about. But it's like, if you don't love doing this at a theater, then you don't love doing this because this is what, I mean, I still at the black box oh my god you know it's all of us and we're like in our 40s now and it's like why are we still painting the floor black <laughs> i don't i doing... i have to sweep the floor like what's going on like it's still yeah i mean that's always going to be your job like but i think that speaks to when like, we would do our clearly, outdoor shows yeah clearly you like really someone like is... love doing yeah. it because you're down to do like roll up your sleeves and do the dirty work to make yeah the, the i always happen. clean the toilets like that's my job like mm -hmm. I when we would set up for shows it's like so they're doing this they're doing this I'm like the back of house like cleaning the concession area and the it's like you know that's but like that's if you don't love doing that um I mean you know I don't love cleaning toilets but if you don't like I love having a theater I love being in a theater I love it <laughs> what's wrong with me but like <laughs> you gotta love you gotta love all, all of it you all know very sick and need medication yeah. because we can't seem to get away we are we the habit we can't seem to get away yeah and um, so like that really put me back on the trajectory to to be like a theater person then I went to Del Arte where I fused like athleticism with theater and theater making then I came back here and I just started working and that has it's been 20 years so wow. I'm still here but I never wanted to leave yeah. So <laughs> you never wanted to leave the Midwest mm -hmm. or like no, Kansas I never City itself? Um, well, I was working and like, it was hard enough to get work that like, we would always be like, oh, what's at the end of the season, at the end of the season, at the end of the season. And, and then like, mm -hmm. but you'd get jobs and you learned how to set yourself up um, to, to know what you were doing the next season. It's like in April, if you don't know what you're doing the next calendar year in April, then you're not doing anything the next calendar year. We just like learned how to, how to do that. And then the, then I fell into the, having a storefront theater and then that kind of changed everything. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit yeah. about what you <laughs> decided to like go from, cause I assume when you say you were coming back here after Del Arte and working uh, as an actor, is that right? Uh-huh, yeah. So when yeah. did you sort yeah. of flip the switch yeah. to be like, okay, now I actually want to like make my own stuff a little bit or provide space for other people to make, like when did that switch happen? Mm -hmm. And like, what did that like sort of look and feel like for well, you? Well, at Del Arte, I learned that, excuse me, if you're not working, make your own work. Like don't wait for someone to call you. So that is something that, I carried with me back from California and I knew that I was going to make my own work until somebody, you know, wanted to cast me in a show, which would be great. And um, I knew that the most important thing 
for artists is space to create. Like, I mean, going to Del Arte, like I would be the nerd in the studio on Saturday from like eight to 10 because like I can, I'll meet you guys later, but like no yeah. one's going to be in the studio. Like I'll have an empty studio to myself from eight to 10. And so it's like, that's like the white whale that I've always been chasing was like having a space with mirrors, you know, like where I could be there with my scarf and, and make my, my little three minute piece that was yes. due, you know? <laughs> so um, that's, and, and I had reached out when I got back to like dance studios, like, Hey, can I like clean your floor so I can come in and just like hang out in the studio? And that never really panned out but then one year it was 2009 and I was at the coterie doing a typical boy sitting next to Corey Von Osdale and she was like you want to go in on a space with me and I was like okay you know <laughs> and that's how that happened like it's not how I recommend things happening like there's no business plan there's no plan there's no organization there's just nothing you know like but trial by um, fire and then unfortunately <laughs> trial by fire and then she had to leave and, and move back home to take care of a, a family member and then I was just like within three months managing a you know 500 maybe square foot storefront theater with a window performance space and I didn't know what I was doing I think after I left the space after I moved out I was like oh oh okay like that, it, it's so hard when you're in it, like yeah. so hard when you're in it. Um, and that's a kind of these like quarantine times, like especially analyzing the black box and like, how does, how, you know, I'm not in an, a day-to-day -day, like hustle. Like if there were shows going on, it's like, right. okay, there's actually time. And, but it's still scary because what is, you know, wh what are we gonna come back to? And what is, what is this place serving for the community? Because like Rusty and I are very committed to new work. We're committed to new companies. We're committed to artists. Like I did not leave the crossroads to um, find a new place for myself. Like I never wanted to do this by myself because it's hard. Yeah. So like creating a space for the community for, for the theater community, for the small independent scrappy upstarts, which like I still am and Rusty still is like 10, 11 years into this. Like yeah. we're still young and we're like, cause everybody else is like 40. <laughs> you know, like it is all these really, really people. crazy. And yeah. actually a good lesson for like non arts people to sort of realize how long it takes for companies to become like self-sustaining and like, honestly yeah. like well-funded enough to like have the kind of budgets mm -hmm. to produce like on mass scales and, and like you know crazy amounts of seasons and you know and I, I don't right. think people sort of realize the I think theater is like maybe one of the most expensive art forms because oh. you, you have to yeah. recreate it live every night everyone has to be there and um, it's not like I love film too but with film you can sort of do multiple takes and you, you have this budget and you film it and it's done. But with theater, it's like, okay, we rehearsed that. Now we have this thing, but we have to actually pay everyone to come in and do the same thing every night for however long the run is. Right. And, and I think that the hardest thing is to 
is to understand or to or to like justify or quantify like what we want as artists versus what has to happen as business people and like that is a journey you know, I I, wouldn't you love to waiting through <laughs> it you know and it's just I was lucky to take this course um, that Jeff Church he sent me this application and I was pregnant with Marianne with my first baby and this it was for the this e-scholars program at the block school at uh, UMKC and like I started the application and it was time-based you had to finish it within two weeks and I was like I had a baby so mm -hmm. it's like oh I didn't finish it but the the someone from the program emailed me back and was like I saw that you started this application and we'd really like you to finish this application I'm like okay well I just had a baby so give me another two weeks and then I did, and I started this thing, and it really taught me to look at, like, look at a production or a process in that sort of analytical way that I think that we all need, because I've fallen victim to my own folly and my own desires and my own fantasies of like, it has to be this, I'll, I'll spend that money. It's like, what is the return on that? Like, and how can yeah. you do it a different way? So, um, no, that was, I mean, that's one of the, my most favorite kind of things I've done is go to be the lone artist in business school and just show up with a breast pump and a lot of ideas, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, no, totally. Wait, this reminds that's me, did, you see, that, did so, you see that New York Times photo? Uh, this was like seven, many months ago when Broadway was still a thing uh, with, uh, I believe it was Amber Gray from Town. Um, she's like doing her makeup pre-show in the mirror and like oh, yeah. pumping both uh -huh. both breasts like like in costume yeah. and I'm just like wow yeah. this is just such a good mm -hmm. reminder of like the Olympian yeah. strength it takes to like be a mother and an artist at the same time I yeah I like can't even begin to yeah. imagine I did that at the I, I I did a show at the unicorn like four weeks after Marianne was born and it, that was the thing like do I pump now? Do I pump at home? Or, but like, no, pumping during half hour, I could survive the show. Like, and so that like, I would totally, <laughs> that's awesome because it was still kind of like hard to go into these places and be and demand because you have to demand that kind of time. Like, right. this is not something that I do on a 10 minute break. Like this is the food that nourishes my child. So like, yeah. It's done when it's done. Yeah, right. I, I don't really have any control over this process. I'm not in control over this, yeah. Um, yeah. When you were talking about your time at Del Arte and like making art with a scarf in front of a mirror, that sort of reminds me a little bit of, of my training at, at Pace because our both of our movement teachers, our segments were Lecoq based and talking about making cloning oh, mm -hmm. and I just remember mm -hmm. like one time we were making a full farce from scratch and our teacher was like this amazing Brit. He was like, well, why don't you have your props here? And I was like, I don't know, because I took the train from Brooklyn and I didn't want to bring it in a suitcase. And he's like, you're a theater artist, get used to traveling with a suitcase full of props. <laughs> and I was just uh -huh. like, I need to like level up my, I mean, I was like 19 at the time, but you know what I mean? Like read like dig into you know what does theater mean to mm. you and if you're down to do this right sometimes you have to travel on the four train with a suitcase full of props and costumes you know and right try to take that right. scrappiness I with mean, me everywhere mm. 
for sure. I, I mean, that's what I, I think scrappiness and agility and, you know, having a suitcase full of props at any given time. <laughs> now I have a basement full of props. <laughs> that I'm Even trying better. to get rid of. And it's, so, it's so hard because I'm like, I might need this. This is the piece that will make the play that, you know, I haven't yeah. created yet, but like, sure. it'll happen. Sure. I think <laughs> being a theater maker sort of like accidentally makes you a hoarder a little bit because you're like, ooh, I could make a really cool piece with this like weird doily, but you know, what if I don't need it for 20 years? Yep. Um, so what if- But you... it's true, like- Sorry, go ahead. True. Oh, man. No, I'm just saying it's, it's true. I've saved things and some of them have worked out. Like some of them, especially at the black box, like recently I'm like, I've got this thing. Yeah. You know, like it was the thing and, but yeah, I'm also trying to purge too. So I think it's a good time <laughs> for struggle, purging during, during the quarantine moments, months, year, yeah. I guess we'll probably mm -hmm. be at because, you know, when else am I going to really have year? Time yeah. to like, and, and yeah. not even just like items, but purge like, you know, activities and hobbies that aren't necessarily serving me anymore. And that goes for like personally as well as like artistically or as a business, you know, and when else are we going to have this gift of time mm -hmm. to like be analytical and really sit in this, you know? Yeah. And I think that there's a sense of, I know what's been the hardest for me is to give myself permission to, to do nothing. Like to, to, it's like all we want is time because we're a bit overworked and run down, but I, I didn't, I, I didn't meet the moment and put out content because I was paralyzed. Like it, mm. it, it, this whole thing has shut me down in a way that like, I was not uh, expecting. Cause it was like, oh my gosh, there's time. But that, that doesn't mean that I get it. That yeah. like, I turned into a house woman, <laughs> teacher <laughs> made. To use the scientific person. term, a house like, woman. <laughs> I have no time. I would say a housewife, but I'm a married. So it's like, I just like, I don't have there. You yeah. think there's time, but for, for caregivers of children, like who are caregivers of anyone, like yeah. it went away. So I'm trying to find inspiration from that but it's also hard because it's it's just it's just hard to not be a like, very inspiring moment is in our I, collective living no <laughs> or am i what am i what makes this hard for me and not like everyone else's life is hard you know so it's just it's just crazy it's just yeah. crazy time Sorry. so i dig um, i digress no that's mm -hmm. that's what this is all about is digressing mm -hmm. um <laughs> i'm awesome at digressing me too me too um well, I have seen... Speaking of digressing, let me show you this, my cup. It's, I look, first I of I'm... all, as big as your head, which I love, and it's perfect for coffee. <laughs> I saw the the only Saturday night performance of this on Broadway this year. Was it in preview still? It was in previews. It for was those shut who are listening on, on our podcast version, Heidi is showing us a mug of company from the Broadway revival. If you're choosing to listen, I'll drink to that on the bottom. That's incredible. Um, yeah, I really um, look forward yeah. to seeing it. Um, but you know, shit hit the fan. Um, my partner is in um, yeah. is in Wicked, and so as soon as Broadway shut down, we I had been back in New York for about a month, just like gig hopping, like 
I mean, I was working mm -hmm. at like Drunk Shakespeare. I was working my restaurant gig. I was catering. Like I was in a different borough every night, just trying to like scrap together my rent. And then Broadway uh -huh. got canceled and we we're like, well, shit, we don't know how long this is going to last. And we just got on a Southwest flight the next day and we haven't, haven't, mm -hmm. it's crazy town. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, we, I can't believe we went, like I was, you know, going to start a coterie contract and then have just be busy. It was going to be like, I had jobs, you yeah. know, like we did. <laughs> and so jobs. we picked that weekend remember chads and like yeah how do i direct a play how does that i don't, I don't remember um but we did we got on it it was previewed i'm like well that's cool because like we'll see everybody we'll see like the original people and it's stuff was crazy and like philip and i were like should we go should we go should we go and we went we took esme like we just like one person held the baby one person had like all the sanitation stuff and i mean this wasn't even mask wearing time so yeah Somehow I survived a flight to New York, a subway to the Times Square, a Broadway play. And then we just went back and the next day we left. We only went to see this play. Um, what did you think of because it? Because I'm a company junkie. It was incredible. It was, it was incredible. And it's because of the design and the direct, like it's every, everything. I was skeptical because I love company so, so much. Um, but the, it was incredible. Uh, like, I hope it, I hope it comes back because it too. was brilliant. Me too. I hope, I mean, surely they must. They, they do very well abroad and they have a lot of names attached to it. So I have faith mm -hmm. that they'll be good to go. But I, I yeah. was really interested to see it because I watched an interview with the director. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Can you help me? You know I think her name is Marianne. I think her name is Marianne. I don't know her last name, but We'll, we'll, My daughter's we'll, name is Marianne, so whenever uh, someone's name is Marianne, take note. <laughs> I'm like, I, um, yeah, and I, yeah. I, she was saying like, I don't know why anyone has never thought to make the lead a woman before, because who has more opinions about oh, someone being not being married late into their life than like about a woman? And I was like, mm -hmm. that's fucking genius. Right. Like, uh, of course, like yeah. the scrutiny is like tenfold. Mm -hmm than it is for just a dude right. in that role. So it just makes it so much more complex mm -hmm. and interesting. And maybe like, I hope, um, and you could probably speak to this, like I imagine reveals parts of that script that maybe um, were sort of in, in the dark before that interesting like turn of casting. The, the most profound, I, well, there was this wacky dream ballet, which was, in, which was amazing. And after she's with the, the airline steward, then there's this dream ballet that was incredible. And then um, the ladies who lunch just resounded like differently with Patti LuPone singing it to her. It's just like, is that, is that, is that what you want? Like, mm. <laughs> or do you want, I don't know. It was just like, just, I, I heard that song so differently when the audience that it's being sung to in the moment is is another woman a smart woman an intelligent woman a capable woman like just someone who's just it was just cool and this like the set design the whole concept of the play it, it, like it, it it must be together it doesn't stand alone you can't just even if it was just like oh we're gonna have a female bobby and not use the concept of that play like i don't think it would be what it was because it was what i think 
is a fever dream. It was a fever dream. And it was amazing. Oh my God. (laughs) Just just hire you to review it because the Times isn't going to give it that rate review. I want to go see it now because of that language. That's fantastic. I I can't even, yeah, I wish I, I hope I did it justice, but it was amazing. That's fantastic. So um, what has Mm -hmm. life been looking like for you, like during quarantine artistically, or I guess just like um, at, at the black box, at the new space? So let's see, quarantine started with um, our big fundraiser. I'm just like, where does quarantine start? But it actually started before that. Quarantine started like, you know, mid-March when I decided to shut the venue and we had a show in there. We had Forge's production mm-hmm. um, of uh, Secret of in, in the Wings going on. And I just... Uh, oops, my phone just went. Hold on, sorry. No so we had a production going on in, um, yeah, in March, and then I just felt kind of the responsibility of what that is to have a space that allows that many people in in, in proximity, and just decided like I can't, I can't. I like I was working the the concession stand, which I enjoyed because like it, you know, it was. I could go, I could see people, like I could go and I could come home. (laughs) And um, all of a sudden I was just like, I don't feel comfortable. I don't, I, if I don't want, if I don't feel comfortable here, then I'm not going to ask other people to feel uncomfortable in this space. So shut that down. We we had had our fundraiser, the act two fundraiser with the living room. So Mm -hmm. then the work that, and this, and the programming that the living room had planned, you know, was being shut down. So then it turned into, okay, uh, you know, them packing up an entire building and uh, moving out and moving over. And that happened in like June. And then receiving all of that inventory, you know, we finally have a clear space. Like we probably November started to be like, oh, hey, <laughs> it's a theater. <laughs> Otherwise it was like a light warehouse. I mean, yeah. we have so many things, like two 10-year-old theater companies just shacked up together. Yeah, so like, which is fantastic. There's things that's like, do you want this? Do you not want this? Oh, it's amazing. It's a dream, you know, like it's, it's so awesome. And it's my friend and my friends, you know, so it's just, it's, it's what it should be. And, and like one thing that we are really like taking the responsibility of being like, this is, this is an example. Like we can share, everyone can share. That's why I named the space, the black box. Like how generic is that? Right. Like that's a generic name. I like, I know that people, like I was there for a year before I named it. Like, and it's like, is this the fish tank? I'm like, I don't know if I want to call it the fish tank, you know, like, I don't know if I want the fish tank looming over, you know, your work or my work or, you know, I mean, fish tank is my work or somebody else's work. If they don't, I, I never considered it's, so it's just that kind of like protecting the, and the naming of your space, like taking time yeah. and being specific to make sure that it is not Neutral. just, yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think that's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And to be mm. honest, like it's really the only space that I know of that is like for the yeah. people, you know and for people who it is for the people theater themselves yeah. or you know aren't um you know aren't contracted gigs necessarily 
Um, yeah. I'm not aware of any other I, space like that. Yeah. And I, I left the crossroads, uh, the downstairs space, like the, so I, I had a space downstairs, like the storefront theater. And then I had the studio upstairs, um, which I loved. I mean, like best of both worlds, except they were on top of each other and there's no insulation. So you can't really do anything at the right. same time. <laughs> but like, there's the rehearsal, ethereal devising studio. And then there's like the tiny black box downstairs. Um, but the, you know, I, when I left the downstairs, like I kept the studio because I'm like, oh, that's what I want, you know, is, is to have that. But then I rented a lot of places, you know, and there was no place, there's no black box theater that is versatile in nature. I mean, like the amount that we've invested into this for, you know, ease of use, like our seating platforms, like as a pregnant woman, I could push them. I didn't, I did it only once and not far, but just to prove like, you know, everybody says, oh, we can move our seats around until it takes seven people to move your seats around. It's like, right. no, like you can reconfigure the this actual space. concrete. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, like the, you can reconfigure the seating. You can, if you want to add more, great. There's platforms in there, like you're building them, you know, but like we have the tools and we have an amazing inventory of life and we have an amazing inventory of sound and all the tools. Like that was my goal is to create a super venue like for theater people because there's all these other places that are like, they're not necessarily for us. Like they, they're like, it's good for you and it's good for dance and it's, hey, this is also a gallery. Like, no man, this is a theater. Right, yes. <laughs> like it needs to be first and foremost a theater. Um, I guess the last you know. thing we can just chat about a little bit is um, what does like in your uh, in your Barbie dream house, as a as a friend, dear friend of mine likes to call it, of the future mm -hmm. of like when we return mm -hmm. the great return to theater and, and gathering. What does that mm -hmm. look like for you in terms of theater? Like, are there things that you want to be different? Mm -hmm. Like, um, what does it look like? Who's there? What's different? What's the same? Any thoughts you might have on? Wow. I mean, that is the question yeah. is what is it going to look like? And I guess a good, that's a good exercise because we should be able to say what it looks like in accordance with the CDC guidelines. Right. <laughs> I think I'm still, I still, don't know about the Barbie dream house. Like, do people get to come inside? I can't fathom, I can't fathom people coming inside and I want to. Um, but I also think that merging, you know, what we used to do, people coming inside and still using the technology that we have to, to stream it out so that people could also buy a digital ticket. Because I think after this, I know that I am, and I just said this the other day to Philip and maybe my mom, I'm like, people are traumatized. Like this whole thing, even if you're not sick, like this is something else that everything that we do outside of our house is like questioned, like, and so like inviting people to come in and be a part of a project that, that we did for the 12 plays. Like, it's like, here, here's the stage. We are over here, you know, and we're, recording or whatever but just and and we've worked really hard like rusty with no sleep november and you know fish tank with 12 place to have people still feel connected 
Yeah. And at the end of our play is like this digital holiday card, which makes people cry because it's like people waving. But like when people started sending me those videos, I was like, oh my God, like this is incredible. So how, like I've been searching on how to keep people feeling connecting and having those emotions when like we have a screen between us. But I think that there's still some people who regardless aren't, aren't, aren't going to do that. Um, but it also opens up the possibility of having like an unlimited audience. And like, we need to understand that, that that's not, that that's okay. That like, we need like the whole issue of streaming and union and all of that, like that needs to be an option because that also comes down to accessibility at the end of the day. Like yes, it really absolutely. does. And like, if we can do it, that it looks better than a 1984 cast recording of the Music Man, you know? <laughs> or, I mean, sometimes I have like, to like talk myself out. I'm like, what if this doesn't look good? What if it doesn't sound good? And I'm like, the example I gave is like, uh, I don't know if you listen to Dak Shepard's podcast at all. He did an episode like four weeks ago with Sarah Bareilles where her audio wasn't working. They recorded her mm -hmm. iPhone audio like on speakerphone. And I'm like, if oh this God. can be a million dollar yeah. podcast, then fuck yeah. it. Like, I don't, I don't care. And it's more important right. to like make space and, you know, to hear and, and exchange ideas. It's more important to just do it and to just literally do it. Like we did an evening with Vanessa Severo that Arts Alive sponsored. And we had a camera hooked, you know, on a laptop on a 1980s audio visual cart that Rusty's like, you know, had these boards and yes <laughs> you know and like and mark johnson had the audio like piped in i mean it was like you just learn it you just youtube it and you do it like the next thing is i'm like i wanted i want to direct a live shoot with multiple cameras like yes. i want to do that so it's like i need to set that up in there and just do even if it never gets out like i yeah. i want to i want to do it like why not like we and that's what the black box is right now like what, what you can come in and, and do that, like bring your own camera, you know, uh, or uh, you have to use our, you have to use Mark Johnson, our sound guy, you know, Rusty does yeah. the lights. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like cleaning things. Scrubbing <laughs> 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 <Like>, toilets. <laughs> yes, I'm scrubbing. I'll make sure that it's Santa. everywhere you walk, I'll spray Lysol behind you. But like, we have, we exist now as that space where you can come and do that. Yeah. So like, that's also kind of something that we need to be, you know, telling people, but it's also like, I don't know who wants to do that, but we piloted it ourselves. Like we brought in, we brought in musicians, like most of them were couples who live together and they're potting together. So like they could do it, you know, they come in, they wear their mask, they get on stage, you can take off whatever. And, and then we're like out, you know, doing our recording, amazing audio recording by Mark Johnson. Like we're just, I'm super lucky to have the amazing team with the skills on site that we have and yeah. we just need to keep practicing it and doing it more. So, uh, you know, I'm, Amen. I'm into, into the digital landscape a little bit. I'd also like to start doing some of my own work and like using this medium, like to tell stories. Like if I can't be in space with people, then, you know, I need to get over the fear of releasing content that is probably bizarre but no one would be surprised that has to do with <laughs> with what I am feeling you know like I take yeah. time lapses of like coffee drifting because I'm like oh my god 
you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that. I don't know if the world's like... ready for my quarantine art, but it's coming. <laughs> Amen. Um, I just think that speaks to like our innate need and almost like stubbornness mm-hmm. to be like, like consider things from a different way. Like there is a story and everything and like maybe the world can suck a little less or we can take one minute to feel connected to someone if we think about the way that coffee drips for, you know, 30 seconds, you know what I mean? And I think that's just like part of artists and theater folks, especially who like, I literally don't know how to stop seeing the world this way and Mm -hmm. trying to help Mm -hmm. someone else see it this way for even 30 seconds, you know? So, and also I think it's cool, like, to have reopened and revamped your space in this time that has been cuckoo bananas has also, Mm -hmm. I think like forced you to become like flexible and pivot in ways we never expected. So like really the sky's the limit once we can actually gather again, because that stuff's easy, you know, that's what we've been doing for a while, but it's like, now we Mm -hmm. can do this too. Like what Mm -hmm. else is possible? And that's, that's what makes me really excited for the great return as I like to call it. Yeah. Well, and we want to be there. I mean, like, we, it's terrifying businesses that are closing. And like, we are lucky that we have this fundraiser and the government offered, you know, loans to people. And I mean, like, we're not spending, we're only doing operational costs and then we're doing, you know, these artist programs and we're giving money back to artists. I mean, that's like, our outdoor series was an opportunity for artists to make money. And right now that's even the space too. It's like, if you have something you want to come in and shoot, then shoot it, like make money. And that's what the 12 plays, like the 12 plays is running. There's everyone's Venmo is on there. Like I paid them an honorarium and then you can tip them. Oh, cool. As well. I mean, there's also a ticket price, but like we need to, I think as a culture, think about, that yeah like they were offered this lump sum for their time that they came in but but like we there's now access to give them more money if you liked it like you know katie g does that on her thing all the time it's like Mm -hmm. tip 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 you know and and like why not why not fill a tip jar like send somebody five dollars or one dollar like you know somebody else is sending them a dollar so so do it so that's what we have on there too as well as for our organization because i think that you know, as you know, running an organization, like it doesn't run itself. Um, It needs money to pay just nuts and bolts. Like right now it's like, that's what we need is so that we can maintain this space that we've invested so much in as a community already. Mm -hmm. And that funders have invested in. It's like, we need to be here because like you said, we're the only one that's equipped to deal with with scrappy independent artists who want to change the world like it's like what do you want to do and also just I think having space to create more theater begets more and different types of theater Mm -hmm. and performance art and that's just wildly Mm -hmm. important like if we look at cities like Chicago and Minneapolis that have like 40 to 60 small theater companies that are well funded and that have like multiple shows a season they're mm-hmm. only able to do that because it's like so sort of like a trickle down thing and everyone supports mm-hmm. everyone in the ways that you're talking yeah. about. Right. I could and that's talk what, to you like, about this for hours and hours Forever, and hours. Ever, ever, <laughs> ever. I know, I know. And I appreciate it so much. Like, it's really just a message that I want to get across is that, you know, everybody says stronger together, but like the fact that 
that, that I get to share this space with my friend Rusty and his company and that other people who are you know so competent so capable so creative and professional like that's what it's for like yeah. that's what the, that, that, I mean this is my favorite sweatshirt a because it's comfy um but like <laughs> the black box that's and that's what it's for it's like and you said theater for the people and sometimes they use that little hashtag because it is like yeah. It's a theater for the people. That's why I didn't put fish tank there. I'm not there to edit you. I'm not there to edit anyone. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be edited. You know? So it's like, it's a stage. Like it's a, it's a stage for you to build on. We right. built a stage for you to build a stage. So I appreciate you giving me, you know, this opportunity and the conversation and the daydreaming. Like I like for serious, I'd love to do it more and, yes, and take it's... it to the, take it to the streets or take it to the sticks or take it to Lysane. Lysane, baby. Lysane oh my gosh, Gardner. Like, I want to do it. Let's do it on like a boat. <laughs> Pontoon boat, a version of the Yes, tempest. I've got the boat. I got a boat. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. I got a pontoon. Okay. Oh my gosh. Wow, things are happening. Big things it's, are I'm happening. I'm serious. Like, let's I also have it. a big, huge barn. That could be interesting okay. too. Cool shit. I like that stuff. too. I'm just, yeah. I'm just throwing things. Well, is, I'd love to be invited to play. Like, I'm. Yes. I, I play well with others. I would <laughs> ensemble Clearly. theater school, so I do. Yes, honestly, that's <laughs> like a, a Barbie dream house moment of mine too. Down the road is like starting like a true ensemble that is like paid something like the team, I know, or, would, you know, something like right? that, you know, because mm -hmm. I, I think that's big. Well, A, it's just cheaper because you don't have to pay rights and you're investing directly in the artists who make the work, which mm -hmm. I think is mm -hmm. just more fun. Um, yeah. yeah that's, that's a little bit of a Barbie dream house for me. Yeah, oh, I, for wow. sure. I know she's like, oh, oh, I've woken up. Um, wow, well, we can wrap up, but thank you so much. <laughs> you're such a light and it's so lovely to talk to you. Aww. Thank you, yes. thank you. And let's be in touch I'm, and continue oh to my God. chat about all all the things. Let's do. You you have to promise me because I'm just sitting here in this house, and I would love. It's just <laughs> such a great mental escape. And best of luck to you and your company, and thank you, and yourself, much. and your humanness. You know, like keep on keeping on. And if you ever need to, you know, daydream, call me. 